Hello, and welcome back to the Observation Deck. Hello, Thomas. How are you doing this fine evening? Good question. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm quite alright, actually. I'm, I'm glad we've actually had nice weather here. Indeed. It's, I <coughs> went out and did some yard work myself. Mm-hmm. I cut my grass the other day. Yeah. Homeownership sucks. I mean, I don't even own my own home, but it sucks. Yeah, it's better than the alternative of being homeless. Or, or renting. renting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the main problem is my parents bought my house when we were kids and we were out in the backyard all the time. Mm-hmm. But now that we're not, it's just a pain. Oh, yeah. Because you you've been to my... We have a rather large backyard. It's as... I'd say it's as big as mine. I don't... I don't think so. I think mine goes back as far as yours, but mine spans all the way over to the hedge, right? But yours is also oblong? Sorry. Ours is long, but it also comes to a lot down the side of our house, too. So does mine. Does it? Yeah. It's just not a part of the technical backyard. Oh, you have stones. That must yep. be what I'm... I'll have to take a look later. But anyways, so the, the backyard's large, so it takes maybe like half an hour to trim it all. Hmm. Maybe a little more, a little less, not sure. All right. Well, that's enough of our rambling. Um, Thomas, what's our topic for this episode? I believe we agreed on our observations on systems of governance yes. and how they can be corrupted. That is correct. So, this came about, Thomas and I were hanging out the other day, and I posed a question to Thomas. And I said, is dictatorship always bad? Is a dictatorship? Is or it? are dictatorships? Yeah, yeah like, is the, the system of governance dictatorship, is it necessarily bad? To which I responded with, well... Is an oligarchy inherently bad? Which is a moot point, but hopefully you might be able to understand what I meant by that. Mm -hmm. Which is, no, nothing is inherently bad, but it is how it is used in practice. Yes. Or sorry, how I should say the system runs into the real world. Yes. Because in theory, a dictatorship, if you have, like, someone who's very, like, a genuinely great person... Who everyone likes and has everyone's best interest at heart. King Henry VIII until he fell off his horse. Yes, let's say that. Let's pretend this person is a dictator. Mm-hmm. So L- Literally, the, that's what a <clears throat> king is. Shh, we'll get there. <laughs> so, you have this person then that now has, sure, limitless power as far as your country is concerned, but he's doing everything right, so it doesn't really matter. And then you don't. You also don't run into the obstacle of, of um, opposition. Mm-hmm. So, dictatorship, if you have the right dictator, is honestly, like, it's understandably quite attractive to those who want to do the best that they can. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you always ask kids, oh, what would you do if you were if you were prime minister or if you were president of the United States? And they always say things like, oh, I would end poverty. I would yep. end homelessness. And realistically, if they, people don't understand the concept of the president and the prime minister not having as much power as they think they do. Yeah. But, like, those kinds of answers, if you had a dictatorship, could feasibly be done, you know? And not to mention, you know, that's assuming the person has the power to actually hold people accountable to what they command. Again, that's the whole point of a dictatorship, but it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. And the, the problem with a dictatorship is, A, there's no check on power. Yep. So, again, King Henry VIII falls off his horse. Now he's tyrannical. Sure hope you don't like having your head connected to your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And when I say no check on powers, and like there's no way to, like there's no such thing as an election, obviously. The mm-hmm. dictator's just the dictator, and he appoints a successor whenever he's like old and senile. Or if he, if does, he that. does that, yeah, he might not. 
Um, look at Kim Kim Jong Il. I mean, l- look at Stalin. Well, that's true. Stalin just up and died. <laughs> Stalin had a stroke, and the in when the, he fell to the ground, the guards outside his door were so scared that it wasn't until morning when the changing of the guard came and Stalin missed his appointment to leave that people actually realized something was wrong. Oh yeah, have you ever seen that movie, The Death of Stalin? Yeah. Highly recommend it to all the listeners out there that haven't. It is genuinely one of the funniest movies out there. And it's based in a lot of truth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, because think about it. The, the entire concept of the Soviet Union is a comedy. I mean, yeah. Like, okay, if you just explained it to someone and they had no clue that this actually happened, they would think you were joking. Because you have Stalin, whose cult of personality is so strong mm-hmm. that basically is never contradicted or anything. Right? And then so, when he dies, you have all these people in the movie, it's one of the funniest scenes, but one by one, the different, like, the, the levels of governance, mm-hmm. the, the tears down below Stalin, come in, notice he's dead, have to, and have to pretend. Or is dying. Is dying. They, they see him, and they think he's dead, mm-hmm. in the movie at least. And they have to be like, oh, how this is so terrible, oh, and they have to, like, play up his personality. Mm-hmm. Because there's a good chance he's faking. Yep. <laughs> and he's just testing loyalty. Which is the funniest thing ever. Actually, one of my favorite things about the actual death of Stalin... Is that is... he died? <laughs> That's my favorite thing. I meant in a comedic sense. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Is that one of his ministers, when he actually realized that this was real and Stalin was actually having a stroke, went through a sort of uh, switch flip. Every time, uh, he would come in, every time he would come in and out of consciousness, Stalin that is, mm-hmm. he would have to switch between cursing him out... And telling him what a shit leader he was, and patting him on the back, and telling him what a good job he was doing, and to keep in there, <laughs> keep going, man. Yep, yep. It's... Oh gosh. Anyway, so back on topic. Yes. Well, yeah. The where were we? Talking about Stalin. Well, we were talking about governance and yes. their. Well, what Stalin did, and he basically established a cult of personality. Well, yes. Yes, which is very helpful. In terms of if you want to be an evil dictator and want to keep your place in power, you force people to like you. I mean, even if you're a bad, even if you're a good, like, um, sorry, I meant to say, I'm, you meant good, you meant a good dictator in the sense of that they're good at keeping themselves in power. Yes. I take good dictator to mean that they are a, yes, or a good (laughs) person just in (laughs) general. Yes. So, what were, what, what were we saying again? Well, we were talking about how Stalin had to be a good dictator. Yes. He established a cult of personality, which he did because even though he wasn't put in any of the huge p- big positions because Lenin didn't like him, or at least Lenin realized that he was a good person. He was a good tool, but a bad person. Yes. He was very good to get and keep communism. Keep it going. Yeah. But he wasn't, well, no, he was a good person to get it installed because he was very brutal but, you know, now that the revolution's over and they're now on stable footing and we just won, you know, Tell the, me. no, no, the civil, the Russian Civil War. Yeah. You know, we no longer need a total, we no longer need a brute like Stalin. So he put him in charge of the secretary. Ha. So in other words, he was able to command who got jobs and that's how he became so powerful. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah, he just put people in who he liked, or who liked not not necessarily just who he liked, but who also liked, liked him. him. Yeah, or more more willing to be his yes man. Yes, and because of that, there was no effective check on power, mm-hmm. where you just wait 
until Stalin dies, and then boom, regime change. Yep. And then you wait until who's who was after Stalin? Khrushchev. I don't. I know. I think it was Khrushchev. Possibly. Yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi in the in the movie. The guy who plays Randall on Monsters Inc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Steve Buscemi. He's he's the one who I know who Steve Stalin Buscemi in, is. He's but... the one who replaces Stalin in the movie. I think that's Nikola Khrushchev. Possibly. So Khrushchev didn't have that same cult of personality though, and that's like the first time. Oh well, no, he was a. Uh, he was in just because he was a commanding guy who was level-headed enough. Yep. He was to face Kennedy. I yeah, I was gonna say he definitely like none of the Soviet leaders were good because the entire Soviet system of governance was not good. Yeltsin. But I think of the leaders, there's um, who was the best? Yeltsin. Yeltsin. Why? Because he realized, well, he just sort of wanted to make people happy. And so he did that by hilariously bringing the fall of the Soviet Union. He allowed... It it was Yeltsin after Gorbachev, right? Yes. Okay. He allowed the restriction of a lot of... uh, Mm -hmm. At least I think it was... It might have been Gorbachev, actually, who uh, released restrictions and wanted everyone to be happy. But it doesn't matter. Then I might have to change that. I'll... I don't know, maybe in editing I'll post a thing. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> After doing my research, it has come to my attention that it was uh, Gorbachev and not Yeltsin. So, uh, yeah, welcome. That concludes our editor's note. Thank you kindly. Anyway, the point is... Um, <laughs> the point is, um, you know, he... Not because he led to the downfall, but just because he wanted people to be happy. Well, that is part of why he was ended good, up. The guy who ended the Soviet Union is inherently better than most of them. Well, no, not necessarily. Because, again, the Soviet Union isn't necessarily evil. It's just because of how it was run. Yes, yeah, so the person who's running it was not good. Yes. So the person who leads to the, leads to the downfall of the Soviet Union, which I think you and I can both agree is a bad system. Well, yes, but that's because of my ideological stances. Well, it's, I mean, it's the truth. Listeners, Thomas and I are both giving each other the the stare of, okay, yeah, sure. Okay. I think you are conflating a system in mismanagement with with the sort of idyllic way it should be run. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to defend it. I can't in good conscience defend it because it was a totalitarian regime. That resulted in tens of millions of I'm not even saying the result of it. I'm saying ideologically I should not... Try not to kick the desk. Sorry. I, I know I it's not a big deal. I just move my foot. I know, I know, I know. It's just, it, it right, we'll, sends we'll, reverberations we'll, through we'll this. We'll take this all out in post. Nah, nah. We'll keep it. Oh, boy. Just. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I say we should just start having fun with this. Yeah, Because, like, sure. we don't yes. really, we don't really see like, We're not the, looking uh, to monetize this in any way. Yeah, and also. We don't need to take it seriously. And also, you know what? Who cares? Exactly. Like. Okay. Anyways, Anyways, the point is, like, I, I can't, in, you know, logical you can't, you can't reasoning... the Soviet Union, yeah. ...and remain ideologically consistent, but what I can do is I can say that a totalitarian regime, even though it's not something I fervently believe in, it is something that could have the ability to be done well, but it requires factors outside of the, of the probable realm of reality. I disagree with that statement, because I think... No matter what 
totalitarian regime you install, no matter how good that we see, like, mm-hmm. that they are, there will be people who dissent. That's... And the one of the part factors of totalitarianism is basically no dissent is allowed. Yes. Um, I, Orwell's main thesis in 1984 was authoritarianism and totalitarianism, totalitarianism breaks the human spirit. Yes. At least that's what I would argue. He made, he made several arguments in that book. He made but he, a hell I think, of a lot. I think the chief one he was trying to make was about how totalitarianism breaks the human spirit. What was he said on his deathbed? Uh, the human, I see the future of humanity being a boot treading over a man's face? Something to that effect, yes. Right. But I think because of that, no matter what totalitarian regime you install, fundamentally it is not good. I never said you're wrong. I, I never said mm-hmm. uh, against that. I'm just saying, necessarily, the end of the Soviet Union isn't necessarily a good thing. I inherently... I see what you mean. Especially because when something like that breaks down, what happens if a worse regime had have taken over and just... Actually, that that is a good question. Do you think Putin's worse than the Soviet Union with how he's handling Russia? Good question. I'm not... I'm not entirely sure, because he's done a lot of very bad things. Yes, but A, the Soviets did a lot of things too, and... But, ah, but that's not a justification. That's, that, that is, if, uh, okay. that is an excuse, and excuses... No, 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 let me, no let me, bueno. let me, let me explain. So, let's say over a span of five years, Putin does ten really bad things, and over five years, the Soviet Union does twenty really bad things. Objectively speaking... Assuming the level of badness is the same, the Soviets are worse than Putin. Yeah, but who can uh, assess that? That's something for philosophers to debate, and even then, philosophy is nothing but an endless debate, because it has to be. That's, by by definition, it's unanswerable questions. (laughs) Exactly. Well, okay. What is a human in the most simplest defined uh, Oh, it's a featherless biped. Oh, you a featherless biped. Think... Think, uh, uh, not Plato. Uh, think, pl- think Plato. Is, is this a man? <laughs> Behold was, your man. What was that again? Diogenes. Diogenes. How do you not? I've talked I, about him. I I know about him. I've seen everything about. Him. He's what a what a Chad. I think that is the first historical evidence of a Chad. <laughs> um, no, because Alexander if I was were not Alexander. Yes, but to, for Alexander to say, if I was not Alexander, true, I would true. be Diogenes. And then Ty Diogenes say, if true. I were not Diogenes, Diogenes I would be Diogenes, Diogenes too. too. What, a, what, a, what a chat to say <coughs> Alexander the Great. Diogenes, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I was trying to find the bones of your father, but I couldn't distinguish them from these slaves. Yes. What a what a chat. I'm telling you, man. You... I know. I'm very well aware. Yep. Oh, no. We're being invaded. Everyone pa- everyone panicking in the streets. Dodgy's rolling his barrel up the hill, dropping it, then rolling it back up again. The fuck you doing, Dodgy's? I was trying to be as productive as you people were. Yeah, Diogenes is pretty great. Uh, also, I'd just like to point out, one of the theories for how Diogenes died was that he just got bored of living and held his breath until he passed out and died. That's not a very good theory. I know it's not. Because the human brain does not let you do that. I know it doesn't. But at least not without training. I know. Like, like, swimmers can probably do that. Yeah. Like I'm not saying it's a good split. theory. I just, I like the theory. That's true. <laughs> because, like, it embodies the Chad uh, energy of Diogenes like, yeah. that he's just like, Have you, seen you know that? what, I'm 98. <gasps> Have you seen that meme of, like, of Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan, I am tired of Earth of these people? Literally Diogenes. <laughs> Except instead of going to Mars, he just dies. <laughs> what a, what a Chad. <clears throat> All right, I've seen enough. 
Where were we Where before we got hopelessly off track? Right, talking about the end of the Soviet Union, whether yes. or not Putin is better than so, the Soviet Union. Like, how, but, Putin, how Russia is now yeah. is better than the Soviet Union. But hopefully Union you get what I'm saying, is what happened if some terroristic force got a hold of all the nukes that were, like, left over? Well, yeah, but we're not... Like, there's actually a story of... I mean... A I'm... reenactor friend of mine has uh, real Soviet Union uh, corporal hats that he got from his father, who was touring the following Soviet Union, and the officer who was touring around, literally said, well, you know, it, I mean, it's falling. I literally don't have rank, so here, have it. Like, imagine if that would have happened with someone with, you know, an arsenal at their disposal, thinking, you know what, fuck it, I'll make money off of this. Well, yeah, but that that's not consequential to the question of is Putin better than the Soviet Union? I know it's not, but that's consequential to the original question, which was the fall, is the fall of the Soviet Union good? Yes. Yeah, okay, the concept of a fall does have that problem. Sure. But I think overall, even with that risk in mind, A, the risk is low. Well, it's I wouldn't not say low. it's low. It's it's not it's not high risk. Because you can you can collapse the Soviet Union in such a way that you keep some sense of a structure for the people in charge of the nukes. <sighs> and you can also can. oversee it with like you can oversee it if the UN wasn't terrible, which is a topic that we have, should discuss later. Oh, that the UN I believe we settled it that we would. Yes, if the UN wasn't terrible, you could have people from the UN monitoring and watching these as the Soviet Union was collapsing. Yeah. So, even if something does happen, you'd be able to know about it and do something about it. Hmm. So, and I think that overall, ridding the world of communism is a good thing. In your perspective. No, I think overall it is. Like... Yes, it is my perspective that communism is bad, mm-hmm. sure. But I'm also not a modernist relativist person. True. I do think there is objectively good and bad. Well, there sort of has to be. Yes. Well, Now, but... I will be willing to... Now, I'm not someone who believes morals are uh, either. Like, you, think, you, think there are, <laughs> you think there are some morals that are better than other morals. I believe morals are something that are idyllic in nature. Yes. But that should be pliable to the situation. Well, sure. Just like Which is why I believe jury nullification has to exist. You believe what, sorry? Jury nullification. When the thoughts of the jurors do not sync up with the letter of the law. So, the thing that's often used in favor of jury nullification is northern uh, juries not conv- refusing to convict escaped slaves. And the one often leveled against it is southern juries... Not, uh, not convincing lynch mobs. You can see sort of where both are yeah, well, good that, and bad. That, that is true. The, the jurors can come to their conclusion on whatever logic they want. Yeah. Right? And that's sort of the ideal that, you know, if I, if I w- happen to walk in on a pedophile assaulting a little girl, I'm probably going to do everything I can to make sure that person can no longer do harm. And it, that might lead to death. Yeah. In that case, I I have committed murder. I have killed someone, but have what have I done? What exactly. I did you know what? was it wrong? And yeah. that's sort of where I believe. I'd rather that person. I'd rather that. I'd rather that person that you find and and end, end his miserable, terrible life. Well, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to end his life. Well, I rather I'd th- want to chemically. Ca- I wouldn't. I'd want to physically castrate him with a hot bar of iron, and send him off into the world. Less of a man. I'd rather him be judged by God than judged by twelve men. 
That's, that's just like just like in. Uh, I can't say anything to that because just like in Hellsing Ultimate, they just kill everyone. Let God sort it out. <laughs> Those See, are crusaders. I feel, I feel that way about pedophiles. I, I don't. You, I, do, you don't disagree. <clears throat> this is again something we talked about in corporal punishment. Is I'm not as so much in favor of corporal uh, capital punishment. Capital punishment, yes. Not corporal <laughs> as capital punishment as I am more so just torturing the hell out of them. And then, you know, letting them walk the earth, mm-hmm. marred and scarred. Well. Mauled and scarred. Yes. Well, as far as, like, the letter of the law is concerned, I'm, I oppose, mm-hmm. I oppose the, the death penalty. True. Because I think, whilst there are crimes that who, that warrant death, I think that I would never trust the government with that power. Yep. Um, I mean, generally, that's my logic about most things, is that, you know, mm-hmm. the government shouldn't have the right to determine this. That's my logic on gun control. That's... Oddly enough, not my logic on pro-life versus pro-choice. My logic's a little different. Although it does sync up with my logic with gun control, which is why I have the opinion that I do, which is quite contrary to the rest of my beliefs. Because when I say I'm a conservative, like, like a standard right, right-wing conservative, like mm-hmm. right, right, I'd say I'm a center-leaning conservative because of my abortion position. Wow, we've really gotten off topic, haven't we? That we have, but that's okay. Right, we were talking about... Oh, I want to hear where you're going okay, with this abortion. Right. Okay, so <laughs> my, the logic for gun control, or for my opposition to gun control, is this, right? You oppose gun control? Yes. Oh, sorry, I of I read that I backwards. I read that backwards. Yes. My brain. You thought I meant I oppose gun rights? Yes. That. Yes. Okay. In a perfect world, yes, you can make guns illegal and nobody would need a gun. But the world's not perfect, because and because the world isn't perfect, people need guns. Especially when you consider that lawbreakers are going to break the law. Yep. Banning, barring law-abiding citizens from having guns is stupid. Yep. So, by that, just by that logic alone, you should not bar people from having guns. Also, there's the protection against authoritarianism yep. argument. Because if you look at funniest thing in the world to me, there you know how the argument is made amongst right-wing people that every every totalitarian, like oppressive government mm-hmm. in the world. One of the first things they do is disarm their population, make or, them able to own guns. Or specific population that they intend to tyrannize. Yes. Because in Germany, something yes. that's often overlooked in Germany, mm-hmm. when people talk about Nazi Germany, well, they stripped them of their rights. Now, they only stripped them of, they only stripped uh, Jews and gays and... Minorities. Or, minor, the minorities they wanted to do away with of their guns. They actually wanted more German citizens to carry guns, because that way, if, you know, the war ever went south... They helped them do Rifle the same behind. thing Japan did. Yeah. Because Japan very effectively got its own people to basically become soldiers. Yep. Well, I mean, that goes as far, but that's because well, of Japan's funny thing culture. We, funny thing we mentioned, cult of personality. Hitler had the same thing as Stalin did, basically. Oh, yeah. He was worshipped. Yeah. The, have I sent you the meme of Mussolini, uh, of the one time Mussolini and Hitler had lunch together? No. And Hitler was talking about how he believed he was an ancient like, deity of the Aryan people personified. What? <laughs> Reincarnated in order to take control and, you know, bring the Aryans their rightful dues. And then St- uh, Mussolini just sits there and, like... I, I, I think you actually have sent me this meme before. It's he just funny. sort of dissociates for a second thinking, okay, this is my closest military ally. What the... Did he just say what to me? I, what am I... Why did I agree to this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. So... On the logic of gun control, right? Yeah. I don't trust the government. Also, people will break the law. 
Yes. A lot of my logic, because personally, if the world was perfect, abortion should absolutely be illegal. Yeah. It's, I think that it is wrong. Yes. Morally, like, societally, like, in, on mm-hmm. almost every level it's wrong, with a few exceptions. With exceptions being, you know, medical reasons, etc. Medical et reasons, I, the justification I have also allows for, like, because when you, I personally feel like if someone's, like, sexually assaulted. Yeah. Or raped, they should be able to get an abortion. That's fair. Most <clears throat> alternative exists, like the morning after pill, for mm-hmm. example. I understand and sympathize with the fact that, you know what, people who are just raped are not going to be in their right mind for a while. Yep. So they might not think the first thing they want to do is go have a plan B or something like mm-hmm. that. So I think in that, in those circumstances, that should be fine. It should, it should be allowed. Yeah. But the traditional definition of it's wrong, so it should be illegal doesn't allow that because it doesn't matter why you're doing it. It just matters that you're doing it. You exactly. Know? Um... The same logic. The but world, then, the, the but world, then, what about uh, uh, prohibited substances? Cocaine, marijuana, heroin. Well, I think those should be legal too. All right, just making sure you're yeah, ideologically I consistent. I, That's, I was pro-life for a long time, and then I sort of realized the inconsistency, and I was like, well, yeah. it's not exactly consistent to, to, to say mm-hmm. that I think everything else that can cause lots of harm should be illegal mm-hmm. because drugs can kill people. Of course. I mean, tobacco, nicotine, alcohol. The difference with abortion is methanol. <laughs> Have you seen the ban menthols in, in America for cigarettes? Really? Yes. Did you know York Region banned hookahs? No. Yeah. Don't ask me why. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> tangent on so, a tangent on a tangent. <laughs> yes, my position on abortion. I think I've explained it before on the show, but I'll explain it again. I mean, we had that one episode almost yes. entirely dedicated to. That particular topic? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll summarize. It should it should be legal. It should be limited. Yeah. Because the world's not perfect. Things will happen where someone needs one. And whilst I, whilst I would say, well, and I'm sure lots of people wouldn't agree, but oh well. While I would say that abortion is killing somebody. Yes. I think no matter where you draw the line of this is sentience, whatever technicality you use, you can find an equivalence that most people would say that is life. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it needs to be, con- it's consciousness. Well, so then... Oh, I can just kill someone in their sleep. When you're asleep or when yeah. you're... Well, it's like, it's brain activity. Oh, so if you're in a coma, then... Well, but most comas... You know what I mean. I'm just it's, saying. It's, a, it's the principle of it, though. Most people, everyone agrees that just because you're in a coma doesn't mean you're dead. Which is why there's something called brain dead versus dead. That's why yeah. there's a distinction. But um, brain dead people, there's no coming back from a brain dead it's man. It's not, there's no coming back. It's like, your chances are incredibly slim. Nah, man, brain dead is basically, congratulations, here's your coffin. Okay, Squidward, get in. <laughs> okay, but the other part of it is uh, you have to assess... Yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming yeah, from. I'm the, just The other aspect of it is that you have to assess harm. Yes. Uh, I recently took a political science class, and one of the philosopher political theorists we talked about was Mill. He's the guy with the harm principle of, like, if something is good, if it reduces harm or increases happiness or whatever. Right. Um, so he's going for the, uh, what was it? Um, and he, he, there was, like, a specific subset of principles that mm-hmm, you apply mm-hmm. to a situation and say, is this harm yep. or is this legitimate harm? Versus oh, like, it's like the concept you want to of, talk about something. It's the concept of what the government should can do if it causes mm-hmm, harm mm-hmm. or not, or if a person is causing harm, so, what you should do. Are you familiar with Wisecrack? Yes. They're a philosophy channel on YouTube for anyone who's not familiar with I their work. Like they're also movies. 
the movies, video games, everything, really. They're a philosophy channel, philosophy channel, specifically to critique and, you know, work mm. with stuff. Now, they did stuff on the Bioshock series, which, you know, considering it critiques that's, that's, ideologi- that's uh, ideologies. Been, that's something I've been meaning to play for a while, but really? I probably won't get to it because... Apex Legends just had a new season. Destiny had a new season that started yesterday. Well, if you want, I can lend um, you my PS4 to play it. Subnautica Below Zero comes out. Yep. As I say, I, I can lend you my PS4. I have the uh, complete edition. Of... Eventually, I'll get around to it, yes. Mm-hmm. And I will totally borrow your PS4. Anyway. Anyways. But back to it. So they were talking about that, and they kind of sinned a little. I, I don't mean sinned as in the biblical sense of they took an act against God. I mean it in the... When, when I say sin, I mean it in the actual sense of they missed their mark. Because they talked about the first one. The first one, of course, this is my take. I don't know what the Bioshock 2 team or Bioshock, any of the teams that were thinking. And Bioshock 1 is a direct critique of, you know, uh, capitalism and unfettered capitalism and whatnot else. Like, that's fairly uh, hard to dispute. I mean, it's a whole idea is to have you act selfishly. Okay, go on. Yeah. To prove the point of, you know, selfishness doesn't necessarily mean good. Mm-hmm. But the second one, the second one, a lot of people, because Sophia Land, the mean and the mean, the main antagonist, um, she's a collectivist, and uh, they sort of point out how she acts against her preachings. And I don't take that as to say that necessarily, I don't, because I, they go for the, that Bioshock 2 is critiquing her philosophy, Sophia Lamb's philosophy, I can't remember what it's called, I, I think it might be, uh, it's some form of utopianism, mm-hmm. but um, the whole idea, is, but I don't believe that's their point, I believe their point is is that don't believe what people are telling you, because there's always a wolf in sheep's clothing, Yes. who's trying to sell you something for their betterment, even okay. regardless of whether or not it causes your detriment. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that just yes. hit my head when you were talking about that stuff. Okay. And so, kind of is one of the reasons we're doing this video. Video. Audio. Whatever. Podcast. Recording. You could have used so many different words. I could have. I could have. But my brain is not broken. braining. It's broken. Yes. I. I am. Is it ever not broken? Yes. When you're asleep. No. God no. When I'm asleep, it's at its most chaotic. Okay. Well. When I'm just so. sitting there zoning out. Looking at the fractal of my brain in action. That's when it's at its most stable. Did you know technically everything's, everything in the real world is, fr- is a fractal? Yes, because of atoms. Yeah. And you know, did you know that everything also is technically multidimensional? Yes. It's not just three-dimensional. It's like 3.1 or 2.9 or something. What the fuck? How do you, you get points? You have to look up... It, it, this is using so a, a little bit of trickery, lang- linguistic trickery. Okay, okay. first of all, first of all we are always to... in the fourth dimension, which is Yes, three spatial time. dimensions in time. Yes, thank you. Yes, I know. Most people don't understand that, or most not, not that most people don't understand. Most people just don't know that, or overlook it. Yeah, they or they haven't learned it. Yes, or they don't consider time a dimension. But anyways, there's something called a fractal dimension, which ascribes like how it's how much of a fractal like, something is. Yes, sort of. All right, but it applies to the real world because you can say like this fits in a three dimensional space the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Anyways, anyways. So, Mill has this principle of harm. You assess how much harm something does, and you determine whether or not it's good or bad. Right? Yeah. So, if you if you ban abortion, right, yeah. versus keeping abortion going, you have this certain number of abortions that happen every year if you kept it, if you kept it legal. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should limit it in, as far as, like, how early you can get, yeah, how yeah, late yeah. you can get an abortion and under what circumstances. 
Yep. But I don't think it should fundamentally be legal, to to a point. <laughs> but if you if you make it illegal, right, you'll have people that will then seek it out anyways. Yep. And so the harm, sure, you get less people that do it, but then you also end up with it being sketchier and more people dying as a result. Or causing physical harm to themselves. Yes. And so I think that, I obviously, it's that you can't just straight up do a calculation. It's just my opinion that yeah, the harm yeah. done by having abortions be legal but limited is less than it would be making abortions illegal. Yes. There. <sighs> so, that was tangent, like, fifth level tangent. Now, what were we talking about? Governance. Yes. Well, and the corruptibility of it. Well, not exactly that, but... I think we were talking about the Soviet Union. Yes. Right. Communism is bad. That's what we were talking about. Sure, why not? Yes. Communism is bad, not just in theory. Or not just in practice, but in theory. I'm not sure I agree with that. You're one of those people that say communism is good in theory, but bad in practice? Yeah, kind of. I feel like I don't even know you anymore, Thomas. <laughs> Well, think of it, because, you know, every fourth grader knows, you know, in if theory... If you say sharing is caring, I'm going to punch you. I was going to say that. Yes, well, now you're not going to, are you? Sharing is caring. <laughs> you're going to go for it, and I'm going to go straight for your sternum. Alright, fine, I'll go for your groin. That's cheating. That's forbidden, <laughs> you know that. Fine. Do you really want to start no, this I war? Don't want to start this. No, thank okay. you. Well, okay. The problem <laughs> with communism is that fundamentally, in order for communism to happen, you need no private property. Yes. Which is a ridiculous claim. Right. It is literally nothing that you own can actually be yours. I know. I'm not saying... <clears throat> what I am saying is, when I say in theory, I mean in a perfect bubble. Even in a perfect bubble. Unless you have everyone agree. That would be inside of my perfect yeah, bubble. That, yeah, but that's that's not a perfect bubble, though. Yes. Yes, it is. It's how you believe it will go. If you... Promise. not Sorry, not how you believe it will go. How you want it to go. Okay, well, how about, the, how about that this? That is the theory. How about this, then? Ignoring you and I, you people... And I, sorry, you finish. Well, when I say in practice, I or sorry, in theory, I don't mean in the theoretical sense that, you know, every possible action could happen. I mean, on the drawing board, if we want people to act how they will act, if we want people to act a certain way... You mean if people act how we want them to act? Yes, thank you. Well, yeah, but then in, by that logic, any system of government, governance can work and is good. Well, yes. But that's not true. Because I think fundamentally... Okay. In order for us to establish something fundamentally good or fundamentally bad, we have to accept certain premises about humans. I I will agree that is fair. Yes. But then that's not... To, so, my, to my understanding but, of linguistic... Mm -hmm. Of linguistics, then that's in hypothetical oh we're going down this rabbit hole yeah i need some alcohol <laughs> i can get you some i can't have any i, I know you're I driving drove. i drove i punished i did this to myself <laughs> yes you did okay we need a way to distinguish good theories from bad yes because we acknowledge that good theories 
and bad theory. But good theories and bad versus bad theories are important. Well, so more so what works and what doesn't. Because everything's good in theory. It's just, how does it work out in practice? Not necessarily. Killing half of all people isn't good in theory. I mean, it would double our resources. You mean it would have our need for resources? Well, yes. Sorry. Thank you. It would have our need for resources. Yes. Create... How it, but then you're forgetting... You're, okay, the reason I bring up that example isn't to actually argue the point. It's to, it's to, it isn't to argue the point about that particular example. Because you can look at the sorrow that it causes to all the people. Yeah, but that's a, emotional pain. I don't care about emotional pain. Objectively, you can say that it is bad. But I don't care. I, what if I'm someone who doesn't care about emotional pain or values? I'm just looking at it as <clears throat> the Black Plague wiped out one-third... Okay. Of Europe's population, so, and as a result, what happened? How what happened, Noah? Progress. A lot of progress. It drove down prices uh, of just about everything. It brought in a it brought in more sanitary uh, measures. Well, I mean, sanitary for the for the medieval standards. That is. Yes. Okay, but okay. So in this political theory, this this class that I took. To summarize it, basically, it was about a, the modern political thought, basically, from Locke all the way up to Marx. We talked about some of the major figures of the time. So it was, we covered Hobbes, who was, like, Leviathan, basically, big overarching mm -hmm. government. The sovereign is necessary. Government needs to force people to do good things, type deal. Then we have Locke, who basically unintentionally rebutes it completely by saying, no, you can reach these conclusions and have people act this way without needing a sovereign. Mm -hmm. And then you had we talked about who did we talk about next? I think we talked about Rousseau, and then we talked about Mill, and then we talked about and then we talked about Marx. Anyways, all right. And the start of the course, they say, okay, how do we determine? Like, how do you start a theory? Mm -hmm. And you need to acknowledge something. Uh, you need to have premises that everyone can agree upon in order to make an argument. Sure, why not? Because if you were. If you don't agree upon the premises, someone can just throw your argument out on space. Yeah. The premises that it's very basic. Humans seek to increase their happiness and decrease their suffering. Yep. Right? So for that logic, by just by that logic alone, communism is bad. How so? Progress in a technological and societal sense increases happiness. You're right. It does. Under communism, there is no incentive to progress. Under communism as it has been enacted no, on I, our earth. If we pretend that suddenly, boom, everywhere is communist. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, there are, there are, there's a good argument to be made that the Soviets should be called the winners of the space race because they achieved a lot more firsts than the Americans did. Yep. I'm not one of those people because I think landing on the moon was like a, a peak in which has not been set. Like, sure, the Soviets did lots of stuff, but the highest achievement was done by the Americans. Or so they say. If you're someone who believes no, the moon landing wasn't done, I'm just memeing. I'm not. I'm not talking to you because oh, I know to, you don't. Talking I'm talking to them. to them. I'm talking to our audience. Get the off right get here. Out of, yeah, get I out. will personally come to your house and beat you with a wooden spoon. Okay. Yes, I agree. Because like, but what about computer technology? It's like, have you, you seen, have have you you seen, seen the movie Tron from the seventies? <laughs> have you seen Have you seen any of the CGI from like two thousands? Have you seen Air Force One? The crashing of the plane bouncing on the water. It looks so bad. Oh, yeah. Because you have a cut from a live action shot of Harrison Ford jumping out of the plane. Just yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyways. Have you seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang flying? No. 
I haven't seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, actually. Really? Well, then. It's, it's, it, Where was at I? At the time, it was remarkable green screening, but, like, oof. Where was I? Right. If communism... Okay, the reason that the Soviets progressed in the space area, A, is because they the government that was there needed to, because basically... I didn't realize... Most people don't realize that at the time when they learn about the space race. They think it's just space, but it's also, like, flexing your muscles of propulsion technology. Yes. I, was I not the person who brought that epiphany onto you? I think you might have when I was in the high school, when I was in, like, grade 9 or 10. Grade huh? 10, probably, because that's when we really started talking. And I, I think it was a little later than that. Might have been. But, but it doesn't any, matter. Anyways, so they had that, and they were also, like, there's an external mm-hmm. challenge that's happening yep. that the government doesn't want to lose. Yep. So they're forcing their citizens to do it. Yes. Communism does not allow for that. If, if we had everywhere in the world be communist, humans want to increase their happiness and decrease their suffering. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, one of the things, I never thought I would agree with Marx, but one of the thing, arguments that he makes very that's a very good argument is about the alienation of labor. Is that when you have something like a job that everyone is required to work, mm-hmm. people tend to loathe working. Yeah. Which I think is true. So, if you have a bunch of people, like, I guarantee you, if you go to NASA and say, if I paid you the exact same amount of money to stay home... They would. Blo- not everyone would. Well, lots most. of fun. Lots of people want yeah, to go yeah, places yeah. and do things, but lots of people would just go home. Yep. So, because of that, progress wouldn't happen. At least, it would happen, I'm sure it might happen, but it would be so incredibly slow. Like, look at, for example, Soviet-era cars, compared to American cars and Japanese cars, of, like, progressing from the 50s and 60s up to the 90s when the Soviet Union fell. Basically, especially if you look at sports cars, like, American, well... And German. American, German, Italian, like, European, Japanese cars were better in every way than Soviet cars of era to era. True. So, I think because of that, you can make the some you can even just in theory that, as I explained, that progress doesn't happen as fast. You can you can see that your happiness accelerates hot faster in a capitalist society because there's constantly incentive to progress. True. Uh, the other argument that I think underpins communism as bad, even in theory, is the collection of resources. Yes. Because. In the same vein, sure, there are some people who fundamentally just enjoy farming. Mm-hmm. But if you offer, if you say no matter what you do, everything will be the same, mm-hmm. then people run out of food. Yes. Because you'll, there are I mean, of... look at the one instance of China that I sent you. Or no, that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Well, look at, look at the, the Ukrainians. Right? No, 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 not the Ukrainians. In, in the Soviet Union, the, 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 the famine, who was it they killed? The Kulaks. They were starved, and they starved out of the Ukrainians, too. Hmm. Because there wasn't enough food to go around. Hmm. And, like, everyone knows the meme of communism being and socialism being breadlines. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about, uh... In China, one year, a bunch of farmers just unanimously decided that they weren't going to report the actual amount they had. Yes! And they, they ended up and their creating... Pro- their productivity increased. Yep. Leading well, to one of the first years without famine. See, Thomas, I think you and I are talking, when you say in theory, you and I are, and I say in theory, you and I are meaning two different things. That's was literally the premises of what got us on here. Yes, but, okay. 
you can when you say in theory, you're talking about a set of circumstances applied to the real world. Yes. But just running through it with logic. In practice, is actually doing it and seeing what happens. Yes. Because sometimes your logic can be wrong. Oh, of course. But what you're talking about when you say if you have everyone, everyone fully cooperates with communism, the people who, everyone who has even the slightest drive to do this thing, they do this thing, even mm -hmm. if they'd be better off at home yep. or whatever, or like more happy at home, not better off. You know what I mean? Yep. That is an ideal. That's not necessarily just in theory. And we run into that I thing. I never said it wasn't. I said this is a very utopian way of looking at things. Yes. We run into that, you run into that same problem with physics as well. Oh. Especially in early years when you... Basically, everything's a sphere with uniform mass and uniform density, and everything is perfectly well-defined at all points. When the teacher says to forget uh, energy loss, you just start, throw a ball down and start skipping across the frickin' canyon. Yep. You just drop a ball, bing, bing, shoo, bing. Yep. Yep. Well, because that is ideal, but in theory, you would be like, okay, mm -hmm. what happens here? And in theory, yes. all this stuff happens, and then you would put some formula down for this is what would happen. Mm -hmm. And then you test it. And I think communism, in theory, doesn't consider a lot of fundamental realities that yes. make the human condition... Well, I mean, so does Nazism. Fosters. So does fascism. The specific fascismo that Mussolini wrote about. So does imperialism. Mm -hmm. I think imperialism is better at it, though. Imper well, well, I would imperialism... Well, imperialism uh, brutal... Or not brutalizes... Even... Um, okay. Even... Sorry, even fascism and Nazism do that. That specific part, they do better. Because they give people a purpose. Whereas communism fundamentally robs people of a purpose. Because they say everyone's getting the same. You know what I mean? Like, in fascism, the purpose is for your country. Yeah, but what if and I don't agree with my country? I go disappearing by the Gustavo in the middle yes. of the night. Well, that that's why I said better. Not actually good. Fair it's enough. just that you have, in communism... It communism fundamentally robs people of their of their drive agency. Of, well, not necessarily just of their agency because they. Fund, I think there's an argument to say that communism gives people oh. more. Miss something? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. I think communism fundament. There's a good argument to be made that communism gives people more agency than capitalism does. Well, because it allows people to do more to do whatever they want, with no repercussions for if they want to be a poet versus if they want to be an astronomer yeah, versus okay, if they yeah, want to yeah. be a businessman. Other than the money they can make from yeah, it. Yeah, other than the money, of course, which is the capitalism problem. Mm -hmm. um, but I think fundamentally your people are better fulfilled under capitalism. Oh, yes. And they're better fulfilled under Nazism or under, under imperialism than they are under communism. Yeah, but then I would... Not in a healthy way, of course. Okay, but... yeah. So to say, I like... want to make it very clear, listeners. I'm not saying these things are good. These, yeah, these yeah, ideologies yeah. are good. I, what I'm trying to Necess say is that... Not, not necessarily that they're good, but they are better than... They're better than the worst. Yes. Because, I don't know. I don't know. If I, would, I don't know if I would say that communism is worse than Nazism. They're both very, very they're bad very ideologies. Bad. They're both very bad. But it's I'm... on the individual level compared to the... Yes. And... And it also depends, because, uh, again, something like Nazism, where it is, I am not an Aryan, therefore I would be treated very poorly, but an Aryan well, would no, be you're, swimming. No, you're still white. But I'm not Aryan. Yeah, but neither was Hitler. I think you mean something different than I mean. Explain, because I'm sure I look like a real dumbass right now. 
So, you know, a lot of people talk about how, uh, you know, oh, well, Europe isn't all that culture of a place. Well, I mean, uh, tell that to the Slovenian, the Slavs, the <laughs> Scots, the... Mm-hmm. It's like, and those are just the ones that begin with S's. Like, there's a whole list of them. It's like these are ethnicities, people. If you were to take uh, the Inuit from the north all the way down to the South Pole of the uh, Native Americans, You're ethnicity, ethnicities rather than race. Yes. yes. Okay. And you see, Aryans are one of them, which are specifically Germans, and I mean Germany I... as in the like what was once the Holy Roman Empire, not what was Germany back in mm-hmm. well, Hitler's think, time, because. I think... Technically, he was an Aryan. Uh, technically, he was a German person, which would make him, I think, an Aryan. I could be wrong about what I have said, yeah, listeners. But, you know, but everywhere that the Germans invaded, they didn't they didn't put send everyone to the camps. Like, no. They didn't send all the French people or all the Dutch people to the camps. No, like, but those what did they do? Aren't Aryan. But what did they do to those people? They enslaved them, forced them to make labor, worked them till they died, destroyed their natural. Uh, uh, in the case of the Polish. Mm-hmm. They destroyed their national landmarks because they dared fight against them. And by dare fight against them, I mean like after. Well, yeah, but I would I would argue that's an assimilation tactic, not the slaving part, but like the destroying the national monuments and like. Yeah, but is that necessarily good? No, I'm not saying it is. Good, thank you. Obviously, I'm just what I was trying to say is that I feel like, as Ger- as the German Empire expanded, so too would the definition of Aryan. Because you can't have just, like, these people in Germany and then everywhere else be bad. Like, I'm talking about this realistically. why is it that when, you know, the Germans invaded the Soviet Union, they were hailed as liberators by many of the smaller, um, what were, uh, what do you call them? The Germans were hailed as the liberators? Yes. By the, what do you call them? Like, the ethnic peoples, like, in the Ukraine and the Balkans and the Balkans. Mm -hmm. There, they were hailed as liberators. Until the war crimes started ramping up, and they started publicly executing people in the streets for no other reason than more Lebensraum for uh, the Aryans mm-hmm. to get rid of the quote See, subhuman Slavs. I guess the answer here is because Nazism is stupid. Yes, because like if you're gonna like this is just a fundamental of any ideology. Yeah, if you're going to have an ideology that you want to spread, you need to encompass more people as the ideology spreads which is why i think communism has been so infective in, infected true here. true infectious that's the word not infected what am i saying infectious because it ex- as time goes on the wealth gap is growing mm-hmm. like the rich are getting richer the poor are getting richer but much they're getting they're getting richer slower than the rich are yes so you, the gap between them is grow is growing even if everyone more or less is being brought up as well well, like, I mean... So that, as that grows and more people feel dispossessed, communism includes them. Whereas mm-hmm. Nazism only includes a small subset of people. Yeah. So, so that it's just not sustainable. Yeah. That's... Um, I never said it, I never yeah, said it exactly. was. I just say yeah, it. I know. Like, I'm just running Nazism through the logic. Nazism yeah. isn't... Nazism is only good for one specific subset of people. Yes. Those who are deemed as Aryan, whatever yes. that might be. And the problem is as well, that that definition is a very fixed and rigid. Yes. Whereas, the, if you say the definition of communi- like communism is meant for the poor, or, or the proletariat, yeah. that's a thing that you can join. 
True. Like, you could join that group, or you could leave, you can leave that group. You can't do that with Arianism. Eat the rich, says the girl wearing the frickin' The $500 boots. boots. Yeah. Like a... <laughs> what do you, so what do you what do you think is worse? Do you think Nazism is worse or communism is worse? I think communism is worse than socialism. I think socialism is better than Nazism. But that's also because socialism isn't as rigidly and well defined as communism is. Yeah, that's fair. Um, no, I mean communism is technically a form of socialism, yeah, but yeah. um, I'm not entirely sure because, like, I mean, you know, Nazism is very bad, but at the same time. We don't fully understand the horrors of socialism as someone who has neither lived under it nor seen the full fallout of what yes. happens after it. Well, the, the thing is, right... Because, again, we, uh, as I've said before, I think publicly on the podcast, the Nazi empire was just blatantly shattered. And its all its secrets were exposed very... Well, most of its secrets were... Ex- very publicly. Like, yeah. everyone, everyone knows what the Nazis did. Yeah. Like, every- everyone knows about the Holocaust. Everyone knows about... Like, the war crimes and the atrocities mm-hmm. that they committed. But not very many people know about the Soviets. Or if they or the, do... Or, the Ma- or Maoist China. And we may never know the full extent of those issues. Because a lot of the times, now, they've just been undocumented for decades. Yep. And all the people who would have experienced them are... Well, they, they learned that from the fall of Nazism. Huh? I bet. They saw Nazism completely, utterly, and utterly collapse. Yep. And within within a decade, it was it was gone, more or less, from yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, we better not do this. We better mm-hmm. not make sure like, make sure people don't know that we're doing this. Yep. Whereas the Nazis, because fundamentally that was their ideology, they weren't mm-hmm. trying to hide it. Because yeah. that was who, what they believed. You yes. Know? That was their final end goal was... Yes. The eradication of mm-hmm. the Jews. Which is actually something, uh, well, just, quote, subhumans. Yes. Which encompasses a lot more, but... Mostly the Jews. Well, the Jews were the hardest hit. Yes. But, yeah, you That's know, what I mean, yeah. It encompassed gays. Many, many African, uh, many Africans got caught up in it too. Mm-hmm. That's rarely ever talked about in the Holocaust. Um, a lot of that happened, and mm-hmm. uh, especially from France, because that was just where a lot oh, of the yeah. European mm-hmm. uh, Africans were in Europe were. Well, I, I think the problem with the problem with Nazism, or like the problem with the question of mm-hmm. what's worse, Nazism versus communism. Nazism is an evil ideology from the start. True. Like you can look at it. And, and you see basically don't have the to hell think, you don't that's have to, underneath it. You look at it and you don't really have to think about it much before yeah, yeah. determining this is not a good ideology. True, With true. With communism, it promises a lot to those... Who don't understand. It promises a lot for people who are sympathetic. And they're true, like, true, yes, true. I don't like the fact that the poor people are still poor. Mm-hmm. So uh, being sympathetic to them. Whereas Nazism, it's very much the opposite of yeah. you're promoting an ideology that will kill people, basically. True. And communism is the same in, in as far as it will kill people. It's just that it's not as public. it's not as its goal is not to kill people. And it's yes, it's not to kill people. And its deaths can be disputed poorly, but they can be disputed. Yes, I don't understand how so many people can die due to an ideology. Well, if the ideology causes people to not want to grow food, exactly. Or, you know, the ideology, uh, or the people running said government that are informed by the ideology tell them, well, you know, kill all your crows since they're killing your crop harvest. Mm-hmm. And that leads to an in- to a locust infestation. Well, mm-hmm. imagine think, my shock. I think from an ideology standpoint, Nazism is worse. Yes. Just because it is straight up just evil. evil. Yep. Whereas communism, 
like reading Marx, you get when you actually like read some of the things that Marx yeah. talks about, you get the sense that he's trying to solve a real problem that he has with capitalism. Yes. And I think that you know what? Marx is useful as a critique of capitalism. Yes. But I think when you put his ideologies in place and you start assessing them on their merits, they are not good and they lead to Well, it's very because the only way to enact them is to inherently create yes. either an oligarchy or a dictatorship. Exactly. Because, as I said, in theory it doesn't work, so it's not good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not correct and it's not a good yeah, ideology yeah, yeah. in theory. But in practice it's worse because you're right. Because yeah. in order to institute it, you need basically total control. And there are yeah. very few ideal and there are very few systems of governance out there that offer that. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, the problem with those is that they attract... The devils of the world. Bad actors, yes. And no matter how many bad, and even if it's only one bad actor against a hundred good, that bad actor, a devil that does, will win against an angel who doesn't. Yes, exactly. And that's sort of why I always say to people, like, learn your keys to power if you're doing anything. Well, I think... And manipulate them. You know what I think? I think that, you know how school basically talks about the, the Holocaust was bad, the Nazis were bad. Mm -hmm. As they should. Because yeah, it yeah. should be very well taught that the Nazis were not good. Yes. I think they should adjust that slightly to say totalitarianism is bad and totalitarianism is very evil yeah because then you're not well that's something i, I was taught most... in law actually was where i learned about you know oligarchies dictatorships mm -hmm. republics you know one of the most interesting things and important things that i think i've seen that you've you saw too i think remember when we uh, grade 10 they had every year at, at, at high school they had the holocaust survivor yes yes come yes and talk about her experience well I... this that year was only one but they had others in the past. Oh, but as they're as they're passing away, yeah. yeah. Which I, that's why I say I think it's important because we're mm -hmm. like some of the last people that will have had that experience yes. to have actually interacted with someone who survived it. Um. So I think that that still is very powerful, but I think you should also you should broaden it to totalitarianism because the evils of socialism and the evils of communism in China and the Soviet Union and, and Cambodia and other places around the world are not, they're not really talked about in school. Like, yeah. I don't, we never discussed the Great Leap Forward in history class. Yeah, that's true. And I think that is something that everybody should know about. And I think that this actually leads into a point that I was going to make. Um, I, I said it before, but when I, if, if and when I eventually have kids, mm -hmm. I'm homeschooling them for sure. Oh yes, we never did get onto that. Maybe in an episode for another day. Yeah. But I'll, Why? Because as school is, school is left-leaning. And th there's, there's like logical explanation. It's not just because the left wants to take over. It's because in order to be a good teacher, mm -hmm. your teachers are usually high in trait conscientiousness. Yes. As are people who are left-wing. Yes. And so there's a significant overlap. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily that, oh, it's because, oh, school is teaching you what's right. And everyone who's, everyone who's intelligent agrees that this is right. So therefore that's why. It's not that stupid morons who try to argue that. God. Don't you hate those people that are like, oh, because academics are socialists, therefore it's right. No, yeah. that's not necessarily true. It's just that that type of ideology is attractive to this type of person. Anyways. Those would be the kind of people back in frickin' ancient times going, oh, not off. Just just because, you know, the well, the, the sunlit well uh, lines up with this well on this day and this well on another day doesn't mean the earth is circular. Notice how I said ancient times, not Columbus, because it was well known by Columbus's time, held by the Middle Ages, that the Earth was round. I'm trying to 
Yeah, when was that? Really known? Yeah, it was, it was known a lot. Yeah, the big dispute was whether or not the Earth was the center of the solar system at that time. It yeah. was not whether And not also what its size was, which is what Columbus was arguing, because... Well, because I, of imperial I, I, measurements, uh, there were a lot of different spans, and Columbus, because of poor math and poor measurements, thought the Earth was very teeny tiny. Well, I was going to say, yeah, the whole concept of Columbus's voyage was to try to find another route to India. Yeah, and he thought it was a lot smaller, and they didn't know that there was a continent in the way. Yes, which is, like, in order to do that, you have to believe that the Earth is round. Because yep. if you say, oh, I'm going to sail around just going that way and get to the other side of India... Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna be. Then you're just. Like, See, everyone. You have to accept the Earth is rounded. That yeah. to make that assumption. Anyways. And a lot of people didn't know that there was a continent in the way, and but they knew that it was massive. So they thought, "What's the point? We can't carry enough food to get that far over." The reason, okay, yes, the reason that I would homeschool, yes, is because this is probably another topic for another day as well. So I'll just mention it briefly, and we won't really get into it too much. I think that elementary schools are more or less fine. I think. But I think as you get up and you can see the little the level at which it's starting is getting lower and lower as far as grade is this sort of indoctrination into this belief system that the school board and the teachers have. Hmm. Um, in the States, you hear it a lot referred to as like critical race theory, where they're yes, you're, yes. yes, that alone is a reason. Also, because I feel like I would want to teach my kids about certain things that I don't know whether or not the school would like. Hmm. You yeah, but then that's like your job as a parent exactly. to then sit them down and say, okay, let's open up a toolbox, kid. Here's how you fix a carburetor. Yes, but I would want to go more in-depth and with the kid already being in school. Then do that. No, but I'm... Take gonna... the initiative, Noah. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I homeschool. I'm just saying, you don't have to homeschool well, to but take I also, the initiative. There are also things that I don't want the school teaching. Like what? Like critical race theory. Well, again, yeah, that's one. fair. Also, but then you pay attention this, to your kid's curriculum. You see this thing of kid, like teachers explaining being transgender at earlier and earlier ages. And I think that, you know what, fair. You need to explain it at some point. Yeah. Right? Because I think that, quite frankly, everyone has a right to be treated. Honestly, I think it should level, be. Honestly, I think when you have. Your, did you have the grade five, grade six puberty talks? Yes. That's the perfect time. That's a pretty good time. Yeah. Um,. I think talking about it in first grade is a terrible idea. Absolutely. Because what knowing kids, what you're going to have is you're going to have someone, some stupid kid who really, and it's not the kid's fault. No. You're going to have a kid come home and be like, oh, I guess I'm a girl now. Yep. Or, oh, I guess I'm, I'm a boy now. Yep. And then you're going to have parent teachers who are going to hear that and say, oh, I guess this kid's transgender. And parents who, knowing their kid, know that that's not true, are going to get into a valley. You, you've seen this a couple of times in news stories. Mm-hmm. I can't vouch for the validity of them, because it's been a long time since I've seen them. And here's the other thing is, people's brains develop very slowly. That's why I think, you know what, as stupid as this sounds, the whole idea of, you know, oh, just lowering the voting age to 16. Fuck it. No, people. Let's think about this logically for a second here. Our brains are not finished developing until about 25 to 26. Mm-hmm. So you know what? No, fuck it. You can't operate a half-ton vehicle until you are not an adult, until you're 25. You can't drink, you can't vote, nothing. All right, fine. That's not fair. 18. Fine. Everything starts at 18, then. Stop fucking around with it. The only yeah. one I can understand is driving, because that's an applicable skill. Uh, applicable? Blah, blah, blah. It's a useful skill. It's a useful... But it's also a skill that you need to cultivate and develop. Yes. And that's why you also have... Very strict laws with driving. It's yeah. not like alcohol where it's like, oh, you can just go buy a drink. Yeah. More Obviously, there are some exceptions. Like, you can't be drunk in public. You can't mm-hmm, drink mm-hmm. in public. 
But it's not like a car where there are, like, literally laws for every conceivable circumstance. Yes. Um, but because of that, because and because... You're right. If there were things that I wanted my kid to learn, like, my mm-hmm. parents... As I explained, my parents taught... My dad taught me what slavery was and, like, why... Like, different things about that. Mm-hmm. When I was a bit younger than when we talked about it in school because it was relevant and it, it came up and my dad thought it was important. Mm-hmm. I learned about gravity before I was, uh, I want to say, five years old mm-hmm. because my brother... Uh, came home one day and said, Dad, what keeps people on the bottom of the earth? Hmm. Well, not on the bottom, on the top. On any side, technically. Yes, I know. But, like, because of that, and because there are things that I would not want my kid taught, Mm -hmm. like, you and I agree, colorblindness is the way that we people should view race. I'm not entirely sure about colorblind. Like, I understand... You know what I I mean? Like, just seeing race Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. just a feature someone has, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I also think we should take into account, you know, their struggles and whatnot else. Because... Yes, about, like, history and thing, absolutely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you you can't say, for example, that you can't pretend that slavery didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slavery very clearly was race-based, so you should accept that. Mm -hmm. But there's this notion that someone has, like a like a... A lot of people have it's, that because their ancestors were enslaved, they are well. It's automatically always the victim. Doctor Ibram X. Kendi, who is very much a how would I describe him? He's a very big supporter and proponent of critical race theory. He basically argues that discrimination of the past can only be remedied by discrimination in the present. That is and absolutely I don't I don't moronic. Agree. I think. There are certain circumstances where that that is an understandable view. Like, for example, if something just happens, like, five years ago, yeah, there might, like, let's pretend for a moment the U.S. government decides to say, okay, um, everyone who is Mexican yep, or, uh, like, Latin American descent of that race. A Latino or a Latina. Is Hispanic. Yeah. Everyone has to pay $5,000 just to the government. Just you people, just them. Mm-hmm. And then we, five years later, realize that's wrong. The people who have, were affected by it, mm-hmm. because it's still so recent, there hasn't been time for society to build it back mm, to yeah. work together. I think that then, you know what, that's reasonable. We'll give you the $5,000 back. Well, that also comes into, we and, should but, target who has been affected. Yes. And give reparations to those who have been properly yes. affected. The point that people make who are seeking reparations and such are that because generations past have been, because that happened so long ago, it's mm-hmm. just impeded progress for so long i don't agree with that statement because you look around and you see very successful people of all races now yep which i think is a good thing it's a very good of thing, course obviously but the way forward is not more discrimination because an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind I haven't heard that statement in years. Wow. It's very applicable, though. I know. I think. I used to say it in high school a lot. Yes, my dad used to say it a lot, too. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I think colorblindness because of that. And I think a very good example of how this could work is left-handedness. Yes, you're ambidextrous. Well, I'm more dominant left. You're dominant left left ambidextrous, yeah. Yeah. It's it's more so I am ambidextrous in the sense that... um, my writing with my right hand is absolutely terrible, but I do a lot more things better with my right hand than I do my left, and mm-hmm. a lot of things better with my left than I do my right, but that's yes. also because of specialization, because, you know... See, I don't do... I'm, I'm With me, it's always my everything my right hand. Yeah, basically. no, but but what I mean by that is because at one point I was ambidextrous, mm-hmm. but then I was sort of told by the school, okay, Thomas, pick one. Yep. 
And, well, you know, it's very expensive to buy two sets of golf clubs. Yes. It's very expensive to... Yes. The, well, the reason that I'm going to bring up left-handedness is mm-hmm. because it was always viewed as very bad to be left-handed. Yes. Which is fun, which is something that everyone agrees now. It's literally... Yep. It's, well, it's literally uh, Dexter is your right, and uh, not Satan, but uh, Sinister is your left. Well, that... In Latin, well, at least. It, the reason, another reason I bring it up is because it's something that everyone agrees now doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? And we didn't get there by ca- by castigating everyone who's right-handed. Mm-hmm. We didn't get, and we didn't get there by giving bonuses to everyone who's left-handed. Yep. We got here by accepting that things that happened in the past that were bad and saying from now forward, we will treat everyone the same. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> you know what I mean. We'll, we'll treat left-handedness and right-handedness as... As equals. Yeah. Like, if neither one is good nor bad. Anyway, we've been prattling on for yes, 70 have... minutes now, uh, almost. Gosh, what are we going to call this one? Well, I mean, I tried to do it in the we Sturm said... of States, but we got on I mean, we so did. many tangents. Did, in fairness, we did come back to systems of governance. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least once. Well, uh, thank you for listening, I guess, to uh, our observations on the corruptibility of states. Yes, I like that. I like that title. That's what we're going with. The corrupt, our observations on the corruptibility of states. There. Nice job, Thomas. Thomas, you are promoted to naming naming aficionado. I've already been doing that, yes, then. Yeah, they don't need to know that. <laughs> All right, well. Hey, Thomas, I figured out a new way of how we're doing this. It's observations of. Dude, that's how I've been sending you the file names for like a week now. That's probably what it was in my head, and I just got to it, and I was like, oh, I'll just do this. And I'm like, that's pretty clever. I think we should start doing this without realizing that that was already being done. All right, well, we want to thank you guys again for listening to oh. the ramblings of, uh, of, of our lunacy. Um, if you enjoyed, by some miracle, any of this, please make sure to leave us a positive rating and like it and share it with your friends if you think they'd enjoy, which is very unlikely because we are quite odd. Uh, yes, yes, we are. Yes. Um, <clears throat> is there a way that they can, like, comment on this stuff by any chance? I don't know. We could, we could, we could give them our email address and if they have things yeah. that they want us to talk about, we could... Well, uh, <clears throat> is it the observation the deck? The observation deck pod at gmail.com. Please, uh, email us yeah, and, uh... Give us tips. Yeah. Give us, you know. If you have anything you guys want to see us talk about, send us an email to the observation deck pod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. We'd be happy to discuss any topics you guys think would be interesting for us to, to, to hear our opinions on. Indeed. As always, have a lovely evening. Yes. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>